All right, there we go. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here finally for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It's Friday, uh, March 10th, 2023. And our catechesis today continues in the Passion Account. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 26 and Jesus being anointed. Today is a snow day for the children. They're doing virtual learning, so hopefully some of them have been able to join us here on the video. Um, apologies for the uh, delay with the audio issue. <clears throat> I know what caused it, but uh, didn't expect it uh, to cause that much problem. Anyway, now I know. All right, so let's get the devotion up on the screen and we'll begin. All right, so uh, if, if you're a child and you're joining us, uh, do it just like we do in the classroom, all right? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, we say our memory verse. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 119, verse 105. All right, see if you can do it again uh, without reading on the screen. All right, say it with me. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 119, verse 105. The psalm is Psalm 121. All right, and... Uh, since I can't hear you, I, we can just all say it together, all right? I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right. Yes, it is. I see in the chat, uh, it's a snow day. Yes, I tried to tell you that before when my um, audio was uh, messed up. So yes, we have, I don't know, probably six, seven, eight inches, something like that. And uh, still snowing out there and the roads are pretty impassable. So uh, yep, snow day, virtual learning day, as they call them now. <laughs> all right, our catechism for the week is to bishops, pastors, and preachers. We say it all together. The overseer must be above reproach the husband of but one wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him with proper respect. 
he must not be a recent convert, or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught, so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. All right. Our first reading today is from John chapter 13. Again, this is uh, during Passion, but according to the Passion of our Lord, except during, uh, as recorded in John's Gospel. All right. And you'll see something, you'll see a parallel here in the Matthew account as well. I do not speak concerning all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled, quote, he who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe that I am he. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who receives whomever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. When Jesus had said these things, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Then the disciples looked at one another, perplexed about whom he spoke. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore motioned to him to ask who it was of whom he spoke. Then Jesus, leaning back on Jesus, excuse me, then leaning back on Jesus' breast, he said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is he to whom I shall give a piece of bread when I have dipped it. And having dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Now after the piece of bread, Satan entered him. Then Jesus said to him, What you do, do quickly. But no one at the table knew for what reason he said this to him. For some thought, because Judas had the money box, that Jesus had said to him, Buy those things we need for the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. Having received the piece of bread, he went out immediately, and it was night. All right. So, um, John's Gospel has many additional details other than what we see in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And so, uh, and I think that's the perspective of the disciple whom lean, who's leaning on Jesus's breast here, the one whom he loves, uh, which I would argue is John the Evangelist, right? So, um, this disciple has... Um, well, he's able to recall other things other than Matthew, Mark, and Luke, um, who, you know, Mark and Luke were disciples of St. Paul, and then, so they're recording what uh, is testified to them. Uh, Matthew is with Jesus, um, but more at a distance, right? It's always Peter, James, and John who are nearest to Jesus. So, a different perspective there as well. All right, and then our reading for catechesis is from Mark, uh, excuse me, Matthew chapter 26. Just a few verses, but uh, quite a bit of detail here that we want to consider. You know that after two days is the Passover, and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Then the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders of the people assembled at the palace of the high priest, who was called Caiaphas, and plotted to take Jesus by trickery and kill him. But they said, not during the feast, lest there be, excuse me, be an uproar among the people. And when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly fragrant oil, and she poured it on his head as he sat at the table. 
But when his disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? For this fragrant oil might have been sold for much and given to the poor. But when Jesus was aware of it, he said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, but me you do not have always. For in pouring this fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will be told as a memorial to her. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? And they counted out to him thirty pieces of silver. So from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. All right. Uh, especially for the children who are joined us, you can use the chat down below. I don't know if the chat works. Um, uh, for the children, they may have restrictions on that. Um, but we do questions and answers here as well. I just give you a moment uh, to think about it and to answer. Uh, you can play this Jeopardy style if you want and yell out the answers uh, if you like. All right. All right. So when did this take place, this event, or these, this account? Well, it's during Passover week, right? But it's specific here. It says two days before the Passover, right? And so that begins at Thursday evening. So this would be on then Tuesday. Right? And what did Jesus tell his disciples would happen? This is another one of his passion predictions here during uh, Holy Week. The Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. All right, then we have a note of the high priest. What's his name? All right, we'll hear his name quite a bit here in the next few weeks. Caiaphas. Caiaphas. Um, and who is assembled at his house? Scheming and plotting. You have three groups of people, right? You have the chief priests, you have the scribes, and you have the elders of the people. All right, chief priests, scribes, and elders. Why did they gather at the palace of the high priest to plot the death of Jesus? Okay, and this is connected back to verse 2 and the Passover. What's the chief priest's job? To sacrifice the lambs, right? Um, and so what, what are we seeing here? These priests, namely the high priest and then those under him, are all together plotting on how to sacrifice Jesus as the Passover lamb as a Passover sacrifice, whether they know it or know it or not, right? Um, but what did the priests, the chief priests, I should say, the um, scribes and the elders fear? They said, not during the feast, lest there be an uproar among the people. All right. So this is in the background. It's just one of those background stories to give you the context of what's happening here following. Now we go, we jump in the story to Bethany. Right, um, and whose home is Jesus gathered in? In Bethany. Yeah, the house of Simon the leper, presumably a leper whom Jesus has healed. Right. Um, who comes to Jesus while he's there? It's just described as a woman here in Matthew's gospel. Maybe more detail elsewhere. And she brings an alabaster. That's a kind of stone flask of very costly oil. Right, and the other gospels record what kind of oil this is. Right here, it's just very costly. 
right? She pours it on his head while he sits at table, right? What do we call um, having oil poured on the head? What is that? What is that called? Anointing is to be Christost, right? It's to be messiacht. This is marking him as the Christ or as the Messiah, right? Um, there is another anointing oil mentioned in Matthew's gospel, but it was way back at Jesus, uh, back in the infancy stories of Jesus, right? Matthew 2, the visit of the visit of the Magi, right? So the, the Magi bring such oil to Jesus, um, the objection, the disciples raised the objection here, all of them. They were indignant. We defined that word yesterday. That's uh, annoyed or resentful or affronted or disgruntled, dissatisfied, distressed, unhappy, disturbed. What are they upset about? It was such a waste, right, to pour all that oil on Jesus' head. Could have been sold for much work, um, or for much, I should say, and given to the poor. Um, does uh, the disciples complaint? Does it make sense? Actually, it does, right? This is a common complaint that we hear in the church. Why did we spend so much money on X, Y, or Z? Could not we have spent the money on other things, on more important things, right? It's always the complaint. Okay. Especially, uh, it's sometimes said about gifts that people give to the church, right? Oh, had they just given that money to the poor, right? Yeah. Um, notice the posture that Jesus in. I didn't give you a picture of this. Well, you kind of have it a little bit here in the opening picture. Um, but it's described quite specifically. It said that he is, what position is he in? Yeah, well, he sat at the table. The actual, technically, it's he's reclining at the table. I don't know why it's not listed that way. Right, but it's connected then. He's reclining at the table. So what they would do is lay on their side on like a pillow by the table that's closer to the, to the ground. But you see here, Jesus tells you exactly why he's reclining and the oil's being poured on. Verse 12, in pouring this fragrant oil on my body, she is doing it for my burial, right? Soon he'll be lying or reclining in the tomb. All right, and he declares it uh, to be a good work, right? Uh, in verse 11, she has done this good work for me, right? In verse 11, he gives us an interesting statement, right? For the poor you will have with you always, but you do not have me with you always. What is he talking about there? The poor you have with you always. All right, he's talking about this world. Right, the sinful world uh, will always be filled with the poor, Right? But there is only one, namely Jesus, who became poor to make us rich. Of course, not earthly rich, not money rich, but rich in the forgiveness of sins and the gifts of God. All right? So why does she anoint Jesus again? To prepare him for bu uh, burial. But remember, who else gets anointed? Priests and kings, right? Prophets, priests, and kings. So here, um, I would suggest this is, she is anointing him for burial and as the king, right? And we just heard at Palm Sunday that he came in as king. So why do you think the uh, gospel writer, Matthew here, included this account? All right. Is he discouraging us um, from wasting <laughs> fragrant oil or other expensive things? No, that's not it. 
What what is uh, what's important about this woman? That she acts in faith. She acts in faith, right? And it's ultimately faith that's always more important than the works of men. You know, doing things in order to be uh, what promoted by men. Look at how he cares for the poor. All right. How did verse thirteen ultimately come true? Assuredly, I say to you, whenever, or excuse me, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will be told as a memorial um, to her. Well, it's included here in the gospel, and you just heard it <laughs> in memory of her, right? As a portrayal of the faith um, in crucified Lord. She believed the words that Jesus had just spoken here in verse 2. You know that after two days is the Passover, and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. She believes those words, and she acts um, in faith. So then she is set in contrast to Judas, who comes right after that, right? Judas speaks of outward works, right? Uh, But has no faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins, unlike the woman. So he sells the most precious treasure, that's Jesus, in order to cling to the poor things in this life. As you know, 30 pieces of silver. What is that compared to Jesus? You might think of uh, the excellent hymn that we sing. We sing it pretty frequently, actually. Um, Jesus, priceless treasure, font of purest pleasure, um, truest friend to me. Right. I'm trying to think of what. What is the world to me with all its vaunted pleasures? Uh, my Jesus and him alone is my dearest treasure. There's another hymn. Okay. Um, by the way, 30 pieces of silver. We mentioned it yesterday, but it's worth reiterating the background to that is from Zechariah uh, chapter 11. So I'm going to look that up for you here. Zechariah 11, and we'll read it, and then um, you'll think about the context here. Thus says the Lord my God, feed the flock for slaughter, whose owners slaughter them and feel no guilt. Those who sell them say, blessed be the Lord, for I am rich, and their shepherds do not pity them. For I will no longer pity the inhabitants of the land, says the Lord, but indeed I will give everyone into his neighbor's hand and into the hand of his king. They shall attack the land and I will not deliver them from their hand. So I fed the flock for slaughter, in particular the poor of the flock. I took for myself two staffs, the one I called beauty and the other I called bonds, and I fed fed the flock. I dismissed the three shepherds in one month. My soul loathed them, and their soul abhorred me. Then I said, I will not feed you. Let what is dying die, and what is perishing perish. Let those who are le- that are left eat each other's flesh. And I took my staff, beauty, and cut it in two, that I might break the covenant with which I had, I had made to the, with all the peoples. So it is, was broken on that day. Thus the poor of the flock who were watching me knew that it was the word of God, of the Lord. Then I said to them, If it is agreeable to you, give me my wages, and if not, refrain. So they weighed out for my wages 30 pieces of silver. And the Lord said to me, Throw it to the potter, the the princely price that they set upon me. So I took the 30 pieces of silver and threw them into the house of the Lord for the potter. Hmm. Um, And they cut in two, my other staff, bonds, that I might break the brotherhood between Judah and Israel. And the Lord said to me, Next, take for yourself implements of a foolish shepherd, for indeed I will raise up a shepherd in the land who will not care for those who are cut off, nor seek the young, nor heal those that are broken, nor feed those that will stand. But he will eat the flesh of the fat and tear their hooves in pieces. 
All right, and then a little poem. Woe to the worthless shepherd who leaves the flock. A sword shall be against his arm and against his right eye. His arm shall completely wither and his right eye shall be totally blinded. All right, sometimes with uh, these prophetic uh, words, there's a little bit of, uh, what do you want to say, vagueness to it. Um, but I think that one's pretty clear. We're talking a, a prophetic word about Judas who acts as a false shepherd who should care for the people. Of course, then you have all the other false shepherds like um, uh, the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders. All right. So Zechariah's actions prophesied um, not simply Judas, but Judah, Judah, Judah's rejection of the good shepherd for the foolish shepherds, that is, the priests and scribes, so Judah, the whole land. The price was cast into the temple for the potter, but the true price would flow from the side of Christ to atone for the sins of the world and establish the new covenant of beauty and bonds in the sacramental unity of the church. All right, so that's the fulfillment is Christ and his church. All right, and then in verse 16, it says, so from that time he sought opportunity to betray him. Um, that's not actually a literal translation. Literally, it says Judas sought for a good time to hand him over. And betrayal, hand over. All right, so he's seeking a good time rather than seeking um, the kingdom of heaven, rather than seeking uh, Jesus in faith, rather than seeking after a word. Um, instead, he is seeking a time to betray Jesus um, and actually in service to Satan, as we know. And in that way, Judas actually is paralleled to Judah. You remember Judah, the son of Jacob? Remember what Judah did with Joseph? He sold his brother into slavery and almost certain um, death, right? And remember, what was he paid with? Silver. It wasn't 30 pieces. I can't remember how many pieces. One of the children remember. Um, <laughs> all right. Just as Judas has sold Jesus into death. So there we have Jesus and Joseph being paralleled and Judah and Judas being paralleled. These names are not uh, immaterial, as would be my suggestion. Names matter. All right. Let's summarize the text. Jesus spoke of himself becoming the Passover lamb. All the plotting of the high priest pointed to Jesus as the true high priest and the perfect sacrifice for the sins of the world. The men feared the people more than God himself. So the words of Jesus regarding his death were attested by the deeds of the woman who came to anoint him. The woman became an enduring reminder that it is not our work for the poor, but the work of Christ that is done on our behalf, which is the focus of the church's worship. Faith seeks out the gifts of Christ where he is present in word and sacrament. This is the way of seeking first the kingdom of heaven and seeking for what God longs to give all men, that is forgiveness of sins, life, salvation, and peace with God. Faith that seeks these things is the true worship of God. All right. So it's a little bit different when I can't hear and wait for your answers, but uh, so be it. All right. Let's see if I got the audio working here. I can hear myself uh, and you can still hear me and we'll play the audio and we'll sing our hymn. Nope. I put the wrong hymn in. Hold on a minute. <laughs> oh, I, I did get it ready, but apparently I put in stricken, smitten and afflicted. That would not be the hymn we want to sing today. Uh, let's see here. Oh, I guess I can use this one.
in the hour of deepest need, we know not where to look for aid. When days and nights of anxious thought, no help or counsel yet have brought, then is our comfort this alone, that we may meet before your throne. To you, O faithful God, we cry, for rescue in our misery. For you have promised, Lord, to heed your children's cries in time of need. Through him whose name alone is great, our Savior and our Advocate. And so we come, O God, today, and all our woes before you lay. For sorely tried, cast down, we stand, perplexed by fears on every hand. Oh, from our sins, Lord, turn your face, Absolve us through your boundless grace. Be with us in our anguish still. Free us at last from every hill. So we with all our hearts each day to you our glad thanksgiving pay. Then walk obedient to your word, and now and ever praise you, Lord. All right. Um, let's see. Do I have my... I do. I have the tablet. I don't think we have a commemoration today, but let me just check to make sure. Today, nope, no commemoration. All right. So let's continue with prayer. Oh God, you see that of ourselves we have no strength. By your mighty power, defend us from all adversities that may happen to the body and from all, all evil thoughts that may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray this day for the preaching of the Holy Cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, for its spread throughout the whole world, for the persecuted and for the sick and dying. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray today in Thanksgiving with Bryson, who celebrates his baptism. We pray for the households of our church, especially that of Eric, Roger, and Sherry, Tara, Deb, Dan, Don, and Jean. We pray in Thanksgiving uh, at the acceptance of the call by Karen, at the birth of Amalia Renee, and the birth of Frida Lynette. 
We pray for our catechumens, Christian, Wyatt, Aaliyah, Lydia, Charlie, Kaylee, and Kimberly. Pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering, especially Marcella, Joe, Kelsey, Walt, Christopher, Joyce, Brad, and Betty, Doug, Joan, John, and Pat, our homebound Dan, Paul, Merlin, and Pauline. Pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially that of Camp Luisimo. We pray in intercession for the afflicted and those who are suffering. And we pray um, with Bev and all the family and friends of Ed who grieved his death. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right. That's our congregation of prayer for today, uh, Friday, March 10th. It's good to have you with us here today. You can join us again in the morning at 9 a.m. as we'll prepare for divine service tomorrow or on Sunday by looking at uh, Sunday's Old Testament and Epistle reading. So I encourage you to do that. Uh, as you have opportunity tomorrow. All right. Sorry for the audio problems at the beginning. Thanks for helping me work it out. And uh, I'll just edit the video and it'll be better off <laughs> uh, for those who watch, try to watch later in the day. All right. So God be with you all. Keep you safe. I hope to see you again tomorrow. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.